This week, we're talking about not one, but two asylums. The Naren Term in Austria and the Beechwood in Australia. Listener discretion is always advised. All aboard the Midnight Train. Hello, passengers, and welcome to the Midnight Train, where we bring the dark to light. Yeah, we make fun of and joke about creepy stuff while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. And we are a comedy podcast, or so we like to call ourselves, and things can get pretty dark here. (laughs) So if you're not into that, listen, no hard feelings, we get it, but maybe you should just give it a listen, you know, because you might just like it. You might just be as twisted and screwed up as we are. Or you're going to hate it, and... uh... Yeah. You know, that's your right. Yeah, it's fine. You, you can hate it if you want, but I, I think you'll like it. I'm your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer, and with me, of course, today, back in the co-host chair, it's Mr. Moody. <laughs> Hi, sir. Hello. How's it going? Um, Everything was fine, and then I woke up on April 18th. And there's a blizzard outside. Yeah, we are currently in, in, the, in the midst of a blizzard going on here in Northeast Ohio. Happy so, April, motherfuckers. Yeah, it's so much fun. It's like so 34 degrees, so it's yeah. like shit weather, it's too. And it's then it's like, supposed to be like 70 on Thursday. It is supposed to get warm yeah, again. Yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous. One of these days, it's just going to stop, and it'll be nice until, you know, we'll get that one or two months of really nice weather, and then it'll turn to shit again. Yeah, it's like weather by Sybil. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So our Patreon bonus for this past week, uh, I actually sat down and discussed the uh, Jimmy Savile documentary. Oh, did you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I haven't yeah. watched it yet. Uh, yeah, it's, I know about the guy. He's a fucking lunatic. He's not a nice guy. Don't no, like him. And no. everything about the guy sucks. So if you want to hear my take on it, maybe talk a little bit more about it, make sure you sign up over at Patreon. Become a pooper. <laughs> Everyone's like, why do you call them poopers? Well, you got to sign up to find out. It's true. You know what I mean? You have to. If you haven't watched it, of course, there it's will be spoilers. You should strive sure. to be. You, you should be. be quite honest. You should be. You should try to be a pooper because <laughs> they're amazing people. They are good they people. They are. They're such good people. We have so much fun in the uh, all the different uh, socials and yeah. stuff like that, you know, like Facebook and whatnot. It's, it's super cool. All right. So we're going to save the rest of the business stuff until the end. Let's just get into it. Yeah. Let's turn down the lights. All right. Adjust our seats. Okay. Grab a drink and Ooh. let's get creepy. But first, here's a toast. Oh, you beautiful, beautiful motherfuckers. And by the way, they can hear us. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So you lied to me. Yeah, I was editing it last week and I'm like, yeah, they can't hear us. And I'm going back and listening. I'm like, they can hear us. They can hear us. It's not like super loud. Yeah, it's a good thing we don't talk shit about it. Yeah. I've got my coffee. Uh, yeah. I just woke up. I don't know anything. It's good coffee. What do you got? It's from a little place down here called Red Cedar. Yeah. It's very good coffee. Okay. <laughs> All right. Very nice. So today we are going back to some of our creepy roots because, you know, it's been a while. It's been a while since it's we've... It's been a while. Oh, boy. Since we did... Oh, boy. Anything creepy. Yeah. <laughs> you good? You good? <laughs> oh, me? I'm great. Yeah, yeah, okay. We haven't in a while. We've done a lot of true crime stuff and, yeah. you know, whatnot. We just did a two-part on Jack the Ripper. If you haven't listened to those two episodes, go back and check them out. 
Oh boy, the suspects are insane. Yes. So many suspects. So many suspects. Yeah, we only talked we talked about like what, ten? At least. Maybe twelve. And there was probably another and uh handful there was at least another like thirty that I could have put on there. Right. It was just ridiculous. There's probably more than that. So make sure you go back and check it out. So today we're gonna visit a couple of, a couple of asylums. Yeah. First, we're going to look at Naren Term Asylum, and there's some okay. words in here I know I'm going to screw up. I was reading it and writing it and yep. loving every minute of yep. it. And then we'll head to Beechwood Asylum, and that's over there in Australia. We love our Australian the listeners. Aussies. Yes. After that, uh, we'll just hop right into the you know, the business side of it. To the, the business? The creepy Give side. Give business? So, yeah. First, we're going to talk a little bit about the places, then we'll talk about uh, you know yeah. why they're so special. There's some fun facts in here. Yeah. You guys are going to like this one, I think. Fun fact. We're learning. We're learning some good shit today. There's yeah. some good learning stuff. Fun fact of the day. Put on your thinking caps. Ooh. That's what my teachers used to say. Yeah? Did you, ever you... Get, you ever get that? Here's to tell you to put on your thinking caps? No, they just smacked me. All right. Well, that was after they told me to put my thinking cap on and I oh. acted like an asshole. Okay. That was... Right. Did you ever get paddled in school? Oh, yeah. Did you? Oh, yeah. All right, good. I, got, a... I, I can even remember <laughs> the fucking teacher that did it to me. <laughs> Her name was Mrs. Fisher. What grade? Uh, I want to say fourth. Dude, I got paddled in like first grade. Yeah, no, I don't think I got paddled in first grade. It was in fourth grade. It was when I was living in uh, Wellington. Uh, out here. Wellington, by the way. They for, probably still paddle people. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, it's a very, 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 very small town here, right in the uh, suburbs, I There's guess. There's a lot of uh, tractors was, in Wellington. There was Tractor Day in yes. Wellington. Where everyone Is that where everyone rode their tractors to school? Correct. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. what I thought. And me coming from Cleveland, I was like, <laughs> what in the shit? Yeah. So, all right, let's talk about Naren term in, uh, in Australian or, you know, older slang here. That's not Australian. Austrian. That's what I said. Yeah. Austrian. Mm-hmm. It uh, translates as fool's tower or more accurately, lunatic's tower. Lunatic's tower. Wow. Interesting. The Naren term was indeed the world's first building especially designed in 1783 for, quote, keeping such mentally <laughs> ill patients locked up in a <laughs> central facility. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was finished in 1784, and the uh, first patients were admitted soon after. Treatment in those days was minimal, and we've discussed some other assignments. Yes, yes. And uh, it was minimal to non-existence, so the 250 (laughs) or so inmates in the 28 cells branching off of each of the uh, circular corridors on each of the five floors were indeed more or less, uh, you know, kind of just incarcerated. They were just Yeah, they were basically prisoners. Yeah, they were prisoners. It was a little more than a loony bin. Then, emphasizing the, uh, you know, word bin... Still, it was argued that this was better than letting the patients roam around freely with the risk that they might harm someone or be subjected to ridicule or even physical mistreatment by other people. Because, of course... Yeah, they're more worried about them harming, yeah. quote-unquote, harming someone. Right. Else. So they were uh, they were locked away inside the tower, two patients in each of the cells, which contained nothing but the beds and bare walls. Uh, right off the rip. Not very exciting. No? No. No, no. The Naren turn was constructed in 1784 under Emperor Joseph II, it was constructed by court architect uh, Isidore Canavel. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Isidore Canavel. That just comes off the... I can't say my name like that. So me, I'm like, Jonathan Sayer. No, just a, you know what I mean? Mine's even worse. Yeah. Adam Moody. <laughs> it just doesn't come... I don't even know why it's transitioning into French at that point. I know. But Isidore Canavel. Maybe we don't have enough hard consonants. Oh, that's great. Dude. You know, it's good. It consisted of a five-story fortress-like circular building with 28 rooms and a ring of slit windows, plus a central chamber aligned north to south. Right? Does that make sense? 28 rooms. Correct. 250 people. Aye. That's 
I, yeah. just thought, I just thought about that. Well, okay. So there were in total 139 individual cells oh, for the okay. inmates. Gotcha. So gotcha. I, I'm assuming that some of those rooms had multiple right. cells in them. Correct. Okay. Correct. It was built as part of the, oh, I hated this word right off the rip, Altez Algemenes Krankenhaus. Or what was that? Old General Hospital. The what now? The Altez uh-huh. Algemenes Krankenhaus. 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 All right. Which is hospital, I would assume. Right? I, it sounds like it. Yeah. It was officially founded by Emperor Yosef II in 1784 after the buildings had been used for more than 60 years as a poorhouse. And you got to remember, you got to remember, very thin line there between insane and poor back in those days. Still to this day, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're, we're all fucking poor. One kind of constitutes the other because if you can't afford the treatment for mental health, then then you're just fucking insane. Yeah, that's it. The building of the Naren term was prompted by the discovery of underground dungeons used by the Capuchin monks of Vienna for housing their mentally ill brethren. Another factor that uh, was that Joseph II had learned about similar institutions in France during his travels there. He went to the French. Oh. <laughs> the construction of the Naren term points to a new attitude toward the mentally ill. They began to be separated from the rest of society and not simply classified among the general category of quote-unquote the poor. <laughs> there you go. That's what we're talking about. Right. The fine line. Exactly. Each cell each cell had solid and barred doors and chains for restraining inmates. That's fun. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. 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 You got nothing like being chained to a wall to, <laughs> to make you feel better. It could be worse. Yeah. The building's doctors and guards were uh, housed in the uh, center of the place. And we housed? talked about numerous other asylums. That that's kind of how they did it. Yeah. You got your offices and all your stuff right in the middle. And then and you the wings. Yeah. We had one, and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, where it had, like, the wings coming off of it, and that they used that for... Oh, that was uh, prisons, I believe. Yeah, that was one of the prisons. Yeah, but that... It's very similar, though. They talked about that in one of the things I was reading. So it seems like a lot of these structures are all kind of based off of the same kind of idea. Right. A visitor to the Naren term in the late 1700s said some patients were still made to wear chains or straight jackets while in their cells. Others were allowed to roam free, although the institution was uh, supposed to be focused on a new way of dealing with the mentally ill. So, new way of doing it is the same old way. Same old thing. That's it. The Naren term had a lightning rod. This is a fun little thing. Or a lightning catcher installed on the roof ridge uh, Roof ridge when it was uh, first built. At that time, Vaclav Prokop Divis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. A clergyman in uh, Primitis near Znozma. It's Z-N-O-J-M-O. Stop it with that. What Not you, you them. Damn it. I'm probably it's probably Nomo. The Z is J. J. I, I believe, yeah. Jnomo? Sure. Nomo. Wait, what spell it again? Nomo. Nomo. Huh? Z-N-O-J-M-O. Genomo. I'm trying to think. Okay, so I don't know what language that is. <laughs> it ain't English, because uh, it'd be uh, like no mo. I'm trying to think though, because because Danny speaks uh uh, Slovenian. That's kind of all that stuff is. Does she really? Yeah, her family is Slovenian. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, maybe I should have her translate everything for me. Yeah, right. She. I don't know. It depends on how close that yeah. is to Slovenian. But um, well, I think that's. I think Premetis is in. I thought it was in France. Uh, I, oh, no, no, anyway. How do you spell it again, really quick? Um, Premetis or that word? Z n o j m o. Well, uh, anyway, this is where he's oh, from. Czech, Czech Republic. Okay. He had studied uh, plant growth and treatment with electrical currents um, and publishing his findings so uh, to the medical community. Okay. So he was really into this whole thing. There are rumors that um, 
the caught lightning may have been used to treat the mentally ill, although they had never actually proven it. Could you imagine? So it's kind of like shock therapy, but they're using direct current of yeah. lightning. Oh, Prokof Divis invented the grounded lightning rod, which is still used in today's modern infrastructures. Yeah, everyone out there is like, no, wait a minute. I know, right? Franklin did that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. No, maybe not. He was also a natural scientist, the theologian, and one of the Czech canon regulars during this time. It looks like it's Znoimo. Znoimo? Yeah, Znoimo. Znoimo. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> that little guy like. back in the day that had the Domino's pizzas. That's the Noid. The Noid, right. That's what I'm saying. Sounds like it. That's his brother. Znoimo <laughs> the Noid. Noid. <laughs> it's like a bad fucking radio show. <laughs> That's amazing. The so, morning drive was Znoimo and the Noid. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> So a man of science from the earlier centuries, Prokof Divis <laughs> thought ahead of his time and made this classic invention. Although definitely a man who believed in God and serving the church, Prokof still made his own contribution as an inventor and scientist whose product is still being used today. Mm-hmm. He earned the needed experience to devise his invention when working in the parish in Predence. Prokof was responsible for managing the Abbey's farmland in Predence. He also took charge of water conduit construction, which gave him the exposure to understand mechanical issues. In addition, Prokop developed an interest in electricity, and he began to perform his own experiments with great success on plant growth and therapy using a small electric voltage. Okay? Actually, really, like, enjoyed this whole part of it. I mean, I enjoyed the whole thing, but this is really cool because I didn't know this. When the death of George Wilhelm Rickman, one of the professors at St. Petersburg, reached Prokop's knowledge, once he found out about it, he became interested in atmospheric electricity. Rickman, or Richmond, had perished by being struck by lightning while observing a storm from a hut. Now, probably not being a hut during a storm. This prompted Prokop to uh, build the, quote, weather machine in Prentice, a device to uh, protect from lightning strikes. Okay. Prokop devised the very first grounded lightning rod. That's right. He observed thunderstorms and deduced that lightning was an electrical spark. He also realized that he could imitate thunder and lightning on a smaller scale. This guy was way ahead of his time. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. His grounded lightning rod was first erected on uh, the fifth <laughs> on the fifteenth of June. We're children here, folks. Sorry, on 1754, six years before old Ben Franklin invented his lightning rod Suck in the it, U.S. Suck it, Franklin. Yeah. So did, did Ben know about what he was doing? I don't know. I have no idea. See if he just stole old Hickox or whatever his name's Prokop. Prokop. That's it. Prokop's lightning rod consisted of a pointed slender iron bar and fastened to it near the top of the bar were two crossbars, so producing four arms. Okay? Right. So it looks like this, goes like this. It was like a double cross. Right. Then across which, in turn, a shorter bar was laid, making 12 ends. At each of the 12 extremities, a box with 27 brass needles was attached. Each compartment was filled with iron shavings. Okay? Sounds pretty intricate, right? If that's not going to attract fucking lightning, I don't know what the hell will, dude. The main bar was supported by a 130-foot, 32-foot wooden column and iron chains connected the main bar to the ground. The rod was designed to split the lightning spark into as many smaller sparks as there were needles, which was 324, to reduce the actual initial force of the lightning. Smart. It's amazing. It is absolutely just amazing to me that this guy did this, like, before all, and Ben just went out with a key and a kite. What a dick. Yeah. Way to go, Ben. <laughs> Look at me. I'm on currency. I wasn't a president. <laughs> Just kidding. A lot smarter than I was. Is he, though? I am, or I am. He stood outside in a lightning storm with a key on a Yeah, key. I guess that's true. 
He was like, a, I would love to do something on him one of these days, maybe as a Franklin? bonus. Yeah. Because yeah, everything he did, he was like a... Uh, an interesting cat. He had a paper press before, like most people were he doing He was a weird and, dude, man. Yeah. He did some weird shit. Well, didn't he have like some really weird sexual proclivities as well? Probably. I think he liked to dress like a woman or something, I heard. I also heard he took wind baths where he would uh, <laughs> go okay, outside. Now we it. have to do one on here. Yeah, I, I read that somewhere. I don't know how true it is. All right, maybe this week we'll do a, uh, a bonus on, wind on Ben Franklin and all his weird little shits that he yeah. did. His lightning rod invention was not popular, okay? Because people were like, what is this? This is stupid. I'm not putting an iron rod in my house. What the hell's the matter <laughs> yeah. with you? And it, w- it was received with suspicion, so Prokop removed. Suspicion? Yeah. What the fuck are you suspicious of? Well, because they, it was way ahead. <laughs> She's a witch. She's a witch, right. <laughs> so he removed it in 1756 and turned his interest toward music. However, this, this, is awesome. this theory of atmospheric electricity was published in his papers after his death. Apart from his invention of the first grounded lightning rod, this crazily intelligent, brilliant son of a bitch also created the very first electrical musical instrument. I'm going to throw supposedly in there because there is Allegedly. a little bit of, yeah. Okay. There is a little bit of, uh, did it really use electricity? Blah, 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 blah. Like, whatever. But okay. it's still fucking amazing. This was called the Denise Dior. Yes. And was played by the hand and the feet, kind of like an organ. Right. <laughs> it was invented in 1753, and this instrument had properties that allowed it to imitate the sound of other string instruments. So, like, multiple string instruments or just, like, I mean, I don't know. There's I, not. So I, I got to look into that a little bit. I looked more. into that a little bit more, and there's not a ton on it. Like, there's a, because it didn't survive, and there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, uh, documentation about it. But, like, you can find, like, some basic uh, descriptions of it and stuff like that and how it supposedly worked and all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Initially, Prokop only studied science to be able to find the truth. But when he realized that he could utilize his findings, he made the most productive use of his scholarly knowledge. In 1765, Prokop died on the 21st of December in Predence, aged uh, 67. So he did a lot. Yeah. Um, and actually, 67 for At back that then. Point, that's not too bad, that's, man. Yeah, you're doing all right for yourself. All right. I, back, don't, plan, I don't plan on making it that far. Oh, man. I, I, I just I like, figured like we, we should talk about that guy because, you know, that, the, lightning rod, the lightning rod is on Marin term, mm-hmm. right? And this dude, like, have you ever heard of this fucking guy before? Nope, never. But, like, the shit he did is awesome. Like, why don't you ever learn about dudes like this? Yeah, that's exactly. Well, it's, you know, because it's all created by... It's, it's an agenda, dude. It's, it's an agenda. You're pushing Ben Franklin, bro. It's they it, don't man. want you to know that that's he right. wasn't the first one, man, to harness electricity, man. Because they want all that money going to the Ben Franklin estate, which means that George Bush has money <laughs> in the... I have no idea. The Illuminati, yeah. bro. And we, we also found out that we can't say uh, that horrible C word that started back a couple years ago. Corn? Yeah, corn, yeah, we can't say corn. <laughs> From now on, we're going to say that. We're going to say corn 19. <laughs> Just to see if we don't get flagged. Right. Apparently, we got flagged on an episode. In, in like, you, got a, uh, you got a banner that says, like, yeah, click here for information on yeah. corn 19. Yeah, that's funny. And please don't do that. Please don't look to us for any kind of medicinal information. Unless you want us to tear it apart. It's because that's what we do. We do that. Yeah. We do sometimes. Yeah. So back to the asylum here. <laughs> Whatever the rumors, most seem to believe the clinical or the clinic offered more humane treatments for the mentally ill than other doctors in the general population at the time, and protected them from possibly being abused by relatives. Yeah. Well, that's good. You don't want to be abused by relatives. So, so you're mentally ill. So your just family just beat the shit out of you back then. It seems that way. Yes. That's fun. <laughs> the psychiatric clinic remained in use until 1869 when it was closed down. Vienna's Fool's Tower was soon considered a building worthy of condemnation. 
Some saw the treatment of prisoners and the mentally ill at that time as unworthy. And uh, some actually quickly raised the issue of conditions in mental hospitals and prisons and made systemic uh, inventories and traveled abroad to gather knowledge and experience. They wanted to see, is this place any different than the other ones? Right, right. You know, put it all together and say, well, we got to change some shit. Yeah. There was a couple of guys, I guess, that uh, that were like kind of real big into this. And uh, this is where they talked about when I was kind of researching it. They talked about the... Uh, the designs and how that was like a terrible design. Yeah. And then they started talking about the designs where like the prison designs with the wings where you could house different people, keep things separate, blah, 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 open it up, make it more friendly. Women in one wing and men in another. Yeah. And just like, yeah. you know, you can house people that you don't want by other people way over there and you're not affecting these people over here. I wish I could do that with life. And that kind of thing. That'd be amazing. What? So some thought that this uh, this building and some of the other early ones uh, needed to be shut down, and uh, the reasons were more for architecture than anything else. Right? They were just garbage. they're not they weren't uh, conducive to right. a, a, a quality environment. Right. We've discussed several other asylums as we've mentioned on the show, and we've gone over their architecture and why they were designed in the specific way they were. So we're not going to get into that right here, but please go back and listen to those other episodes because they're fun. It's cool yeah. learning that stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. How it was built and why we it try was to built. Teach people things. That's right. You get learned it here. Yeah. We we learned like it. Like we taught people. you about a cool scientist guy today. That's right. Before fucking Ben Franklin. Yeah. 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 You imagine if like a dude like him and like a dude like Franklin got together, and, like shared their knowledge, fight each other with their lightning rods. <laughs> Be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Ben. <laughs> oh yes. Well, fuck you, my friend. Ha <laughs> Just shocking each other the whole time. Be amazing. So there's not an exceptional amount of information on this place, but A we thought now? it was incredible. Exceptional? Exceptional. You said exceptional. Did I exceptional? <laughs> well, either way. Uh, but we thought it was incredible primarily because of what it is now. All right. Yes. And we know some of you, listen, some of you may have actually heard of this place. And after this, some of you uh, may actually plan a trip. Yeah, you sick fucks. And we love you for it. I want to go. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. The psych facility closed in 1866, but it reopened as a new location for the Anatomical Pathological Museum in the 1970s. Oh. Well, the circular building known by locals as the Pound Cake. I wonder how real that is. <laughs> there was something else that we did once. So you time. want to go down to the Pound Cake and see the crazy <laughs> stuff? This would be amazing. There was something else that we did, and uh, and I it was almost similar to that. It was like locals refer to it as this, and somebody was like, we don't fucking call it that. Yeah, nobody calls it that. I yeah. have no idea. I don't remember what it was, but I remember like the same thing. I was it's like, pretty funny. So I wonder if people really call it yeah, that. Yeah, probably not, I would say. <laughs> One dude probably called yeah. it. The guy's like, whoa, put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> so it houses only a tiny percent of the museum's total collection. It contains some fascinating pieces. Uh uh, syphilitic skulls yeah, that nice. resemble Swiss cheese. Very nice. So skulls that were just had syphilis and riddled with syphilis. Yeah. Jars of disfigured fetuses. Oh, very nice. That's fun. Okay. And graphic wax displays of untreated STDs all peer at you from the old cells. Sexy. <laughs> I don't know. How I'm, uh, <laughs> some of that sounds cool, but that last part. Like, you know what, though, man? There's no better way to get people to stop having sex. I guess that'll You're do like, it. Do you want this? Do yeah. you fucking want this? <laughs> Billy. Billy, you see that? That's what happens to your penis. <laughs> you went, hey, hey, what's your skull to look like Swiss cheese? Right. Yeah. Mom, I'm only four. <laughs> it also contains a recreated wonder cabinet, com oh. complete with a narwhal tusk and taxidermied monkeys. Oh, very nice. In total, 70,000 items make oh. up the collection. Wow. Since January two, uh, 2012, the collection has been administered as a branch of the Natural History Museum of Vienna. Nice. That's in Austria, just yes. to clarify. Austria. Right. It's not a sausage. Correct. I do like Vienna sausages. <laughs> I do. 
I do. I, I'm sorry. It's like your guilty pleasure. I grew up hillbilly, man. Oh, yeah. That and spam, buddy. But cut up some Vienna sausages, throw them in uh, spaghetti. Right. There you go, man. I like all the canned meats. Spam's good. I like spam. I don't you like do, potted meat. You can do good stuff with spam. Yeah, spam's awesome. I mean, Hawaii's got that shit on lockdown yeah, over there. Yeah, shit, spam dude. and rice, so good. My wife would never allow me to have that in this house ever. You don't don't tell her. Just make breakfast one just morning. Me- <laughs> with spam. She's gonna be egg. looking at it like, what is this? Don't I'm worry like, about it. Just try. Just, it. just enjoy. Just enjoy. Until she hates it, then I'm gonna fucking be so. Angry. The only problem is it's uber salty, so you got to bring that. Salt. It is salty. Yeah. That's why you got to put it in something. You gotta dude, my dad used to do uh, fried spam, yeah, and American cheese, yeah, dude, and just make a sandwich out of Fuck it. Fuck yeah, with like some a fried tomato. sandwich. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. People out there right now going. Ugh. Whatever, man. <laughs> if you have never tried spam, try it. If you have At least tried once spam, in your life, yes. Man. If you have tried it, then you know how delicious it is. Yeah. Anyway. All right, so only a relatively small part of the collection in the museum's possession is regularly displayed to the general public at a time. Right, right. Okay, Most specimens are part of the, quote, study collection or Studiensammlung. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You see that? That was okay. For medical professionals and medical <laughs> training only. However, some features are occasionally shown to visitors on guided tours. Ooh. Now, some people don't take kindly to uh, the more extreme examples of shocking deformities. So some of these specimens can only be seen by special arrangement. Those are the ones that I want to see. And that's where we're going here. If you if you have to if it's so fucked up that you have to have a special like you got to call someone and be like, "Look, dude, I know this is super fucked up and you don't normally show it to people, but I'd really like to see it." <laughs> ring ring. Down some hello. <laughs> Yes, I, I was just wondering if I could see. Uh, uh, do you guys happen to have a devil child there? <laughs> uh, well, yes, we do. Uh, unfortunately, it's special arrangement only. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what it is. It'd no, be amazing. It's fucking great. So the restrictions are also enforced <laughs> to prevent the narrator there from is a devil child, by the way. It is what? Stay tuned. It's what? I said there is a devil child. Yeah, you guys there stay is. Tuned for that. They uh, also do it because they don't want it, you know, to become some kind of uh, just really weird voyeuristic place for creeps. You know, <laughs> even though it's typically who would want to see that, right? going to go in there and jerk off to it? You mean our kind of people here, not the ones that jerk off. Ooh, devil child. <laughs> yeah. Devil man, devil man. <laughs> so this applies in particular to a room with a various, uh, with various conjoined twins in large formaldehyde filled jars, <laughs> a type of floating t- uh, twins uh, children's cemetery. They have yeah. that there. There's just a ton of conjoined twins and jars. Yes. They even have a, uh, yes, devil, believe it or not. Yeah. In actual fact, it's a preserved stillborn baby that back oh. in uh, 1827 was taken to, uh, uh, well, it was, it, it was taken in because it looked like a devil. Okay. And you do need a little, I've seen the pictures. And, uh, oh, I didn't see the pictures of that one. Yeah. You, you didn't see it on there? Not the devil child. Yeah, if you look it up online, you can right, see I'll it. I'll have to check it out. You need a bit of imagination to see, you know, that it looks like a devil because uh, it doesn't have horns, hooves, or a forked tail, you know, because that's what they tell us devil looks like. <laughs> but it's undoubtedly there shocking to look at. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than having been, you know, cursed, possessed, or born from the the bowels of hell, um, or any other such superstitious bullshit, <laughs> like most regular kids, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, the poor thing was simply, um, oh man, uh, 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 and Anas, I think it's like anencephalic or something. Anencephalic, okay. Um, basically, a baby deformed so that uh, most of the forebrain, um, upper skull, and its scalp are actually missing. This is an extreme form of a neural tube defect termed anise, uh, anise, ah, anencephaly. Aha. There you go. There you go. Uh, literally meaning no brain. 
the head ends, and uh, so it's got big bulging eyes at the top of the front of the, the head because it doesn't have an actual head up there, so it's like all disformed, while the flat rear of the head is open, exposing the remnants of brain tissue. The disorder is attributed to a lack of folic acid. Still, it may also result from high mercury exposure, um, you know, like uh, lead or other toxic heavy metals like uh, Sabbath, uh, Metallica, Slayer, and Cannibal Corpse. And yes, of course, it's it's the train, and Moody had to throw those in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> apparently, they uh, they actually go into the details of the history of tuberculosis treatment there as well. So there's oh, that part. Okay. All right. Also on display are various bone diseases, tumors, birth defects, including a full-size Cyclops baby specimen floating in formaldehyde. Very nice. And countless models of skin diseases, mainly of the moulage technique, uh, basically taken directly from the sufferer's body and then painted more or less realistically. That's pretty disturbing. Mm-hmm. So they actually take, like, tumors. Oh, there he is. Did you find oh, a guy? Oh, man. Did you find him? That, that that motherfucker? Uh yes, I believe that's oh, it. Oh, that is disturbing. Yeah, I believe that's it. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> pretty rough. And there's multiple ones on here too. You got to post uh, that up on our uh, social I media. I, yeah. Okay, I will. Yeah. Uh, might as well post them all up there. Blame John, not yep. me. Yep. You want it, you got it. <laughs> there is a taxidermy specimen of a stuffed child. Uh that might be the one you're looking at right there. No, no, no. I found the Cyclops child though. Okay. <laughs> Uh, actually, the entire body of the child was stuffed and put on display. The unfortunate patient had suffered from a severe form of congenital uh, ichthyosis, a skin condition affecting the entire body's surface skin. Next is the skeleton of a woman who had suffered from severe rickets, resulting in such twisted bones and a bent, shortened back that she was only about 20 inches tall. That's rough. And finally, and not finally, but finally on our tour, there are the leg bones of a man who had been seven feet tall or over, and uh, <laughs> and he was considered a giant. His shin bone is actually longer than the entire body of the Ricketts woman. Oh, Jesus, dude. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And so, yeah, Moody's going to post some stuff up so you guys can see that. And you can also go to, you know, Google and Nuren term, and you can see that, yeah, it's uh, all kinds of fun stuff. So on top of all that asylum stuff, now there's all the uh, the craziness in there, okay? So it's uh, not just... You know, all the miss, uh, miss, miss, uh, uh, the people being beaten. Mistreatment. Mistreatment. That That's the, the word, word I was looking for. Yes. Hold on. Mistreatment. <laughs> I love how my brain just doesn't want to use like normal words anymore. I don't know. <laughs> but of course, there's all the mistreatment and then there's all this crazy stuff. It's fun. But we couldn't find much in people talking about uh, any haunted experiences. The asylum and museum had made many lists of the most creepy haunted asylums in the world. So, you know, we have to assume that, you know, there's got to be something there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially with that crap. Oh, <laughs> oh my know, God. I, I would still greatly love to go there. I would be one of those guys that oh, set up yeah. the, the special arrangement. Yeah. All right. So that was Nuren Term Asylum. Or Nuren Term. Next, we'll head over to revisit our beautiful friends over in Australia, the country where everything's trying to kill you. It's true. Woo! It's true. We do love you crazy fuckers down there. And first, we're going to check out the Beechworth Asylum. In the rolling hills of Beechworth near, near Victoria, Australia, you'll find a dilapidated old building known as the Mayday Lunatic Asylum, once one of the largest asylums in all of Australia. When the asylum closed its doors for good in 1995, numerous patients died during its 128-year reign. Bone-chilling sightings, horrid smells of rotting flesh, and a history of inducing nightmares in even the most seasoned spook lovers 
The Beechworth Lunatic Asylum has the fearsome reputation of one of the most haunted sites in Australia. Very few of its patients walked out of the institution alive from 1867 to 1995. That is, I, I think out of all of that so far, the horrid smells of rotting flesh. Yeah, that's, uh, I have a, so I have a pretty weak stomach when it comes to smells. Yeah, same. Uh, and that would just, yeah. I don't, yeah, I that's, don't do that's that. kind of a turnoff like, right there. Like, yeah. I like think when I was trying to change my kids' diapers when they were babies. Was, oh, yeah. The whole, the whole time. Stop moving. Get your hands out. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. Yeah. Built on a hill in Beechworth, Victoria, the site was chosen because of the belief the town's altitude would cleanse the patients of their illnesses with the winds carrying away their mental afflictions. And that seems reasonable, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like Franklin with his wind baths. Yeah, you, you know, the wind blows, you're like, oh, holy crap, I'm cured. Yeah. The hospital housed 1,200 patients, 600 men and 600 women at its peak. As medication wasn't introduced until the 1950s, the center's doctors opted to restrain patients with, of course, stray jackets and shackles. Of course. And in some cases, they received electroshock, electroshock treatment. Oh. We've heard of this before. Oh, yeah. And of course... The lobotomies. <laughs> I you, mean... You know there's going to be dude, lobotomies. Can you have an asylum without lobotomies? Yeah, correct. Go back and listen to some of our other episodes, and you'll hear all the about... The pick lobotomy, yeah, baby. The, uh, the birth of the, the... Was it the prefrontal lobotomy? Yep. Yeah, we talked about that guy. Yes, Go did. back and listen to that. All it took was a pair of signatures to land you in Beechworth. That's right. The request of a friend or a relative and that of a medical doctor. Okay? So if a husband wanted to get rid of his wife, all he had to do was get a doctor to agree she was unstable. <laughs> Yes, my wife is, uh, well, she's kind of a bitch. Okay, what do you want this, us to do? Take this, her. This $5 says she is. <laughs> I will sign this, and you will do the same. She seems she seems okay to me. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> this $5 says otherwise. Yeah, bye, honey. See you later. <laughs> Hope everything turns Come out right. Come to think right. of it, she does look a little peaked. <laughs> Make a 10. I'll take her right now. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, you could actually just do that back in the day. And of course, we're we're making light of that because it's I mean, it's definitely not cool, but it's it's, it's just ridiculous. it's ridiculous. Once there, the new patient would be interviewed by the if ward physician. That easy these days, right? <laughs> it is most definitely not that easy these days. Well, then again, if that was the case, my Love wife would have had me. She would have had me thrown away a long time ago. Beechworth was one of many mental institutions operating in Australia at the time alongside Ardale Mental Hospital and the Sunbury Lunatic Asylum. Some physician interviews have survived to the present day. Unfortunately, they speak of uh, troubled patients, brutal treatment, and little hope of escape. The patient's stories were taken down verbatim by a ward doctor, and this is fucking crazy, Mm -hmm. uh, described by one patient as Dr. O'Brien, who made notes over time about their progress and prospects for work and recovery. One interview goes as follows. This is Daniel Dooley, aged 59, uh, from uh, August 23rd of 1892. And he says, <laughs> quote, I was brought by a policeman because I was silly and I was in the habit of saying my prayers. I stayed a night uh, out looking for a quartz reef. I value it at 100 pounds. Oh. I've been at Donnelly on an unemployment pass. I brought a tent, saw a lot of larrikins there, and they burned my tent. When I came back, I could not find the place. I met five men dressed like navies, or Irish workers. Mm -hmm. I spoke to them, and they did not answer. I met more, and I spoke, and they said they were ghosts. I wanted to go into a house, but they said it was haunted. I then saw the devil, like a steam engine. I then saw the Blessed Virgin Mary. Oh. And I spoke to her and shook hands with her. Oh, very nice. She took a tree up to make shelter for me and sent Jesus Christ to obtain another one. Oh, wow. She lifted up the tree as easy as I can this chair. And there was music and ejaculations of the Hail Mary. Oh, my. 
I asked for money, and she had a bird in her hand and placed it on a perch. And one of, one of the men had a purse with him, but that money I've not got yet. <laughs> I told a priest, and he told me to be off. <laughs> what? Oh, man. So that's fun. There were uh, four other accounts. Unfortunately, none of these five men that have these statements survived their time in the asylum. So they all unfortunately passed away. Now, Nathaniel Buchanan, a researcher for Airedale Ghost Tours, which covers the uh, Ararat Institution and the disused Mayday Hills Lunatic Asylum at Beechworth, said treatment in the mid to late 1800s was well behind modern practices. Quote, treatment was mostly restraint, he said. There were none of the modern medicines that mostly came in the 1950s. Quote, restraint uh, would start with a straitjacket. If that wasn't suitable, the lunatic could be placed in an isolation box until they settled down. Quote, there were no distinction between epilepsy and schizophrenia. In that time, there were four classifications for lunacy. Mania, melancholia, dementia, and paranoia. Their number of condi- uh, the number of conditions has increased from four to about 2,000 since then. <laughs> you think? Remember, yeah. go back and listen to the DSM-5 and its whole history yep. that we actually covered because... Yeah, I mean, they're always um, the the good. The cool thing about science is science should always be questioned. Yes, you should believe in the science, but science always changes. It's always changing because you're always finding new information to either validate or take away from something before. But if science, it it, it just needs to be proven, right? So the more you're researching and looking into something, you're able to prove or disprove something from before. Correct. That's science. That's why science is awesome. That's why I believe science. in science. Science! It's, it's, it's poetry emotion. Men's men's brains are what, three times. It's science. It's science. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> Many of the women in the institution in the late 1800s were likely to have been suffering from postnatal depression, but that was just classified as melancholia. Oh, sure. So she sure. just had a baby. Here's that $5 I told you. <laughs> I'll keep you t- the child. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> fine. Honey? I'll look after the boy. Honey, enjoy those uh, electrocutions. <laughs> Lobotomy? Ah, don't mind if I do. <laughs> also, it took just, like we said earlier, this is from him, quote, also it took just two signatures for somebody to be taken in. The man wanted his wife gone and his friends knew about it. He could get them to say his wife was mad and she'd be taken. He goes on to say, quote, at one stage, it also took two signatures to be dis- <laughs> di- oh, It took two signatures to be discharged. Just but- like picturing... <laughs> it's like a bunch of dudes are hanging out drinking whatever it's like hey man you want to go to the game this weekend bah, I can't the wife's being a bitch you know <laughs> you know what I heard we could do <clears throat> look if you guys get with me if we if you guys have my back get her committed for at least a week right we'll go to the game we'll party for the whole week we'll have a good time and then it only takes two more signatures to go get her out right, right it's perfect so then we'll go get her out be like you know it's I'll perfect. apologize she'll be cool you know, it'll be fine. It'll be good. I'm in. Yeah. So now at, at one stage, he says it took two signatures to be discharged, to be let out. But that was later increased to eight signatures, oh, meaning it took two signatures to get in and you needed eight different signatures to be let out. Okay. It definitely doesn't make it easy to escape or to get out. Inmates were given work in an 1800s movement towards moral treatment, teaching patients proper morals by giving them trades and responsibilities. That seems better. You know, here, you got to learn something while you're in here. Mm-hmm. Women were tasked with sewing and washing, as they should. <laughs> that was uh, the views and opinions expressed on the show do not necessarily reflect. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. God, I'm so glad my wife doesn't listen to this. Because I would be punched right in the throat. I do not believe that, folks. She's going to punch you in the throat anyway. This is true. 
while men made shoes and tended farms. Oh, good. Right. Good. One particular, particularly cruel feature of Beechworth was what is known as haha walls. Haha. Yes. The key feature of the haha wall was a trench built in the interior of the asylum's walls. Mm -hmm. This made the wall appear low enough that inmates weren't imprisoned from the outside while ensuring that none of them could actually escape. Right. So if you were standing on the outside looking in, it would look like the wall was maybe like a couple of feet tall. Right. right. So he was like, oh, they, they're just wandering. It's not like they're, they're not yeah. being kept behind these big, well, when in reality, the wall was like 12 feet tall on the inside because there was like, it was dug down into a trench. Right. It's weird. Yeah. Given the harsh treatment of the patients at Beechwood, it's no wonder that this asylum is considered another of the most haunted in the world. Bum, bum, bum. Ah. Jeez. I hit the rest of uh, Wait. That's all you get. <laughs> Speaking to ABC News in 2008, Adam Wynn Jenkins, who ran ghost tours of the site, said there are stories of mass shock treatments in which almost the entire patient population was shocked at once. Wow. That's actually impressive they had enough electricity to pull that off. That's, kind of, that's nuts. So they said there's 1,200 like, people. Just, like, took turns, though. Maybe. Like, at once, just like... <laughs> they, just, they just walked by. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the rooms where these treatments took place are where the paranormal act the paranormal activity seems to occur. In 2015, a man named Gaurav Tiwari, the oh. founder of the Indian Paranormal Society, right. who has since passed away, oh. saw a little girl kneeling in the darkness of the infamous wing. Ooh. Adelaide ghost hunter Alan Tiller also had an experience in a wing called the Bullpen, which housed aggressive young people aged between 18 and 25. He heard a door slamming and, quote, footsteps up the hallway. He told Nova 100 in 2015. But even before the center closed, it was plagued by ghost stories. Oh. Some buildings have since been demolished following an electrical fire. In 1951, a fire swept through the mail wing, causing considerable damage. Uh -oh. An article from the Herald Sun that year read, quote, 400 male patients, many naked, boy, were rescued from Beechworth hey Asylum today. Minutes before a fire caused the blazing, uh, uh, caused, wait, fire caused the blazing top story, okay, top, the top story of the men, uh, mental hospital to collapse. Mm. Eleven patients escaped into the surrounding mountainous country. Nah. Seven were later recaptured, but four, described as not dangerous, are still at large. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, no, those guys were okay. Yeah, they probably really shouldn't even be in here. <laughs> they're fine. They're fine. Yeah, they, they, they're great. Yeah, they're, they're looking they're, at each other great. like, yeah. They're, yeah. Just, just say they're not dangerous. They're fine. They're fine. But the one had an axe. No, shut up. That one killed like seven people. <laughs> I don't care. The one guy started the fucking fire. Shut your goddamn dirty mouth. <laughs> Bristol, one of the war on the wards knocked down, was where a deceased male doctor could commonly be spotted roaming the halls. Mm. The other common sighting is Matron Sharp, who was often seen by the nurses. Okay. They report seeing the matron sitting with patients facing electroshock treatment. Those who witnessed the figure say the room would turn icy cold, but her presence seemed to comfort the patients. Okay, so she's, she's a nice ghost. She's trying to help. Yeah, this is a cool one. Uh, it's uh, rooms each tell an eerie tale, one of which is the story of Jim Kelly. And if you guys remember, we talked about Ned Kelly. Back is the there a connection, sir? Uh, yeah, this uh, Jim Kelly would be Ned Kelly's uncle. Oh, yes. uncle, uncle Jim. Uncle Jim. I have an uncle Jim. Yeah, uh, do I? No, my grandfather's name's Jim. You're from West Jim. Virginia. You've got to have an uncle Jim somewhere. My grandfather's name's Jim. James. Gr Grandpappy Jim? You. Yeah, that's Papa Jim. <laughs> Yeah, Papa, Papa Jim. My dad's Papa. It's weird, dude. 
And then there's like Meemaw, Mama, Mama. Then there's Grandma, just straight up Grandma. Jesus. And then there's Grandmother. <laughs> Dearest Grandmother, I write to you today. No, I don't have it. No. Anyway. So after burning down his sister-in-law's house while a young Ned was inside, that's fun, but escaped. Jim was Obviously. sentenced. Yeah, Jim was sentenced to 15 years of hard labor by Sir Redmond Barry, who later sentenced his nephew Ned Kelly to death. Mm. After all his shenanigans, to, yeah, there were some shenanigans. Yep. body armor and everything. Yep, it's such a great story. Yeah, it was fun. As part of his sentence, Jim was sent to the institution to help build the hospital. However, after serving his time, his mind was quote broken, so he spent the rest of his days as a patient at the hospital until he died in 1903. Jim's body was laid to rest in an unmarked grave in the Beechwood, uh, Beechworth Cemetery, as were the rest of the asylum's deceased patients. Not until the 1980s did the patients actually receive their own graves and headstones. Before this, they were also buried in the opposite direction to everyone else, setting them apart from the rest of society as the asylum had done while living. So while it was still up, wow. this is what they did. Another story from the haunted grounds involves a man who disappeared disappeared yeah wow despite uh, david copperfield it was not chris angel no uh no david blaine no no Mm-mm, none of those this is actually pretty fucked up all not right. gonna lie all right despite desperate efforts by staff to find the guy several weeks after he disappeared a resident dog named max was found chewing a human leg near the grounds entry well yeah okay yeah, yeah. dogs just doing what a dog does yeah yeah this led to finding the man's body uh up a tree <laughs> presumably where he had attempted to escape but unfortunately, his body had been there so long that his leg had fallen off into Max's possession. It's not like Max could climb a tree to get him. He was in a tree long enough for to die and then to rot. And his leg just fall off. Holy crap. This was also the cause of the stench that lingered on the hospital grounds. Oh. Remember yeah. we talked about that in the beginning? The rotting flesh smell. <laughs> I was going to say, how did nobody notice that? Okay. I talked about this before on the, on the show, but... um. I once had a gallon of milk explode in the back of my car nice. during the summertime. Oh, that is the most not just nasty. Was that recently nauseous? It was last summer. I think I remember getting into your car and you said something about that and you could still smell it. And you could, I can't, I could not get rid of it. I had my car detailed twice and could not get rid of it. I mean, bleed everything you could think of. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, it's gone. A nice warm day comes along. You get in, you're like, uh-uh. <laughs> So bad. Ugh. So I can only imagine what a rotting corpse would smell like, I guess is what I'm saying. So workmen at the hospital have reported hearing the sound of children laughing and playing. When they investigated the sound, they could not trace its source. Several years ago, a parent noticed their 10-year-old son talking to himself while on a ghost tour. When asked who he uh, was talking to, the boy said he was talking to another boy called James who lived there. Oh. So that's fun. Yeah. One patient, a big chain smoking woman. Huh? Time to go. Yeah, exactly. One patient, a big chain smoking woman, was thrown out of a window to her death by another patient. Chain smoking woman. That's what they described her as. (laughs) By another patient who wanted her cigarettes. Oh, my. Yep. Because the woman was Jewish, her body was not allowed to be moved until a rabbi had come and seen it. So her body was left lying out the front of the hospital, dead, for two days while the rabbi made the trip from Melbourne. Her ghost has been seen on the spot where she fell by several witnesses over the last decade. Just cover the goddamn thing up. Can you imagine? Like, oh no, she's dead. But wait, she's Jewish. Leave it there, I guess. Uh, Call the rabbi. I don't know. The gardens of Beechworth have long been subdivided into allotments. Those who live nearby have seen the ghost of a man wearing a green woolen jacket. 
The spirit is thought to be a gardener named Arthur, who worked the gardens for many years, earning 10 shillings a week. He wore his green jacket in uh, winter and in summer. Farthings is that? Yeah. <laughs> Let's not get into that again. And uh, so he wore his jacket all the time, and yeah. no one could ever get him to take it off. Oh. After Arthur died, it was discovered why. Arthur had been secretly storing his wages in the seam of his jacket. When the nurses opened it, they found 140 pounds hidden inside over four years of his wages. What year was that? Uh, it doesn't say what year. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So 1800s, though. though, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. That's a lot of fucking money back then. Yeah. He was just holding on to it. But then again, if you didn't trust anybody, you're at a freaking loony bin. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they called it that, by the way. They called it loony bin they earlier. They did call yes. it a loony so bin. So I'm just quoting there. Yeah. Well, we know you guys love this stuff. So we'll throw in, guess what? Another quick one for you. We got a bonus one? A little bonus in here. Bonus asylum. And this one made my head hurt. So this will be fun. Why did it make your head hurt, John? Oh, the words. The oh, words, The huh? words. I don't understand why. Yeah. Well, this is uh, Gonjem Psychiatric Hospital in South Korea. Oh. Um, and it actually had the uh, the Korean um, um, typing in there. Put those in there for, for the you. words. Yeah. I took them out. <laughs> I'm just looking at it. I'm sorry. I can't read any of that. Not even remotely. No, I know. Yeah. So in 1982, the Gonjim Psychiatric Hospital was established outside of Gyeonggi-do, South Korea, by a Mr. Hong. The original building was just over 11,000 meters squared. Okay. Okay. And spread across three floors. Sometime during the early 1990s, two additional buildings were added, which increased the size by another 500 meters squared. Oh. Okay. In July 1996, the hospital closed a short time later and was left abandoned and unmaintained for over two decades. Of course, nefarious rumors began to spread about the hospital's closure, and ghost hunters and urban explorers started flocking to the spooky site in droves. As a result, Gonjim Psychiatric Hospital quickly gained a reputation as one of the top three haunted buildings in South Korea. But until an article was published by CNN in 2012, featuring Gonjim as one of the world's most terrifying locations, the hospital mainly was just a, you know, it had a reputation domestically there in yeah, Korea. All right. right. And South Korea, right? That's mm -hmm. uh, yeah. South Korea. Definitely not North Korea. You're not going there. Mm. Mm -mm. Sources discussing the history of Gonjim and the hospital's fate aren't widespread on the uh, English side of the internet. So the majority of the research for this article uh, was done using Korean sources. So, however, specific dates and versions of stories and events vary from reference to reference. Yeah. Okay. So it's worth taking some information with a grain of salt. So in, enjoy here, if you will. Gonjim Psychiatric Hospital for the creepy legacy it left behind, but don't consider it a perfect reflection of the history of psychiatric hospitals in South Korea. They want to make sure that that's said. Right, right. right. What's all the fuss about? What makes this particular, particular abandoned hospital so terrifying? I don't know. You tell me. Well, it helps that the entire building looks like a living, breathing, haunted, insane asylum trope. I did put the picture up. It is the, uh, I think it was the last of the pictures that I put up. Okay. It's, big, it's like a, just a square building. It might be the first one. Okay, so it has collapsed it's ceilings. Like in the, it's like the middle. It looks like it's in the middle of a fucking jungle almost. It probably is. Yeah. It's got collapsed uh, ceilings, long echoing corridors, doors that shut on their own, and patients' rooms that are littered with old mattresses and forgotten personal items. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a haunted house to me. Mm -hmm. The main building is a concrete block with a zigzagging exterior staircase and windowless black holes peering into the eerie interior from the outside. Well, that perfectly describes the one picture, so you'll be able to figure there it out. There you go. You'll know which one it is. The building just looks haunted. And what do creepy abandoned buildings need? It needs a ghost story. Yeah. Of course it does. And it didn't take long for one to begin making the rounds. 
According to legend, many patients and Gunjim died mysteriously, forcing the hospital to shut down permanently. Some believe the murders were committed by the hospital owner, oh my. who was accused of keeping the patients hostage. Oh, dear. However, it's said that the owner fled to America after the victim's families and government authorities began investigating the unexplained deaths. Uh-oh. So he took off. He's like, I'm out, bitch. Yep. Another story says Gunjum's doctors and director were driven to madness while working alongside the mentally ill patients, which led the, direct, the director to end his own life. Oh. Finally, some believe his suicide was caused by a ghost who possessed his body and drove him to insanity. Oh. My. Gosh. And the many other ghosts that haunt Gunjum's abandoned halls are the victims of the psychotic doctors and murder, murderous owner. So while the hospital is closed for the living, the former patients of Ganjim are trapped forever in the place where they met their gruesome end. Wow. Yeah. That sounds that. fun. You think of that. That sounds fun. Well, the real reason for the hospital's closure is much less exciting. Oh, God damn it. Yep. Sorry. Let me, yep. There it is. You guys know how we do it. <laughs> the hospital director did we not commit suicide. And and then crush dash him. Him. Just dash him to shit. He did not commit suicide, nor was Ganjum oh. closed due to the mistreatment or murder of patients. Oh, okay. Business at Ganjum Psychiatric Hospital actually came to an end because of finances, not mad doctors. Oh. With the implementation of the Water Source Protection Act in South Korea, a new sewage treatment facility became a sudden legal requirement for the hospital. This caused a disagreement between the owner and the director over whether or not it was worth the financial strain to install a new treatment facility. Makes sense. Got a lot of money. You know, we're mm -hmm. not making a lot of money. This is yeah, going to yeah. take yeah. a lot... While talks were ongoing in 1997, the elderly owner passed away, and a new treatment facility was never installed, so the hospital remained closed. When the former owner's son took over the property, he neglected to maintain it, and the hospital fell into disrepair. Of course he did, the little shit. Yeah, really, what a dick. Yeah. As for the former hospital's director, he was alive and well at the closing of Ganjam, and allegedly opened another psychiatric hospital in the province of uh, Gangwondo, east of Seoul. Okay. Okay. Essentially, nothing about the hospital or the legend surrounding Gunjum Psychiatric Hospital is actually true. And a lot of the rumors seem to come from a South Korean television show called Lots of Different Things, but I, luckily I have an English translation, which is solved with the logic of P.D. Lee Young Dong. <laughs> That's the name of the show. What was the name of the show again? <laughs> solved with the logic of P.D. Lee Young Dong. So is that Lee like Young Dong. Is that like police detective or something? Uh, or, or physical or like a like a doctor maybe physician's d dentist I, I, <laughs> I have no idea wow which had an episode featuring the reported hauntings at Ganjim oh the asylum is no longer standing but it isn't hard to see why stories ran uh, wild about this place just look at pictures of it before it was demolished uh, the ones you posted yes, right they are creepy as fuck and despite the legends not being true the reports of hauntings still existed until the day the place was destroyed Many people did die there, so there is definitely that possibility. You look around, you can find chilling stories about sneaking in and experiencing everything from strange sounds, screaming, and even apparitions and shadows moving about. Pretty yes. cool. We wanted to throw this last one in there because it just looks creepy, right? Yeah, it's a cool story. Yeah. I, uh, you can find, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of pictures inside and outside of it. Uh, it is definitely fucking creepy. Yeah, and it's um, in a country that we've not covered anything in before. Exactly. That's yeah. another reason we want to put it in there is because we uh, we haven't really covered anything in South Korea. So we'll, we'll get figured, there. Uh, we'll get there. What the fuck? Why not? Yeah, we need to do a, a creepy um, episode now. And I don't know if South Korea, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do one. Plus, the urban legends surrounding the site are pretty awesome in their own right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they are. So since we ended in South Korea, okay, we're going to do the best Korean horror movies 
as per Rotten Tomatoes. And now, boys and girls, it's your favorite part of the show, the movie review. Which top 10 movies will make the cut today? That'll never get old. All right, so we're doing uh, the top. Um, There's so many good ones, and I haven't seen almost. I I guarantee I've I've I've, seen a couple of them. uh, You know what? There's there's 15 here. Yeah, let's do all 15. Okay. All right. So number 15 on our list is uh, phone. Have you seen phone? I have not seen phone. All right. Uh, It says no consensus. A a driven journalist, Ha Ji Wong. Investigate strange, threatening calls on her cell phone. Mm. It's number 15. It's got a 56%. Okay. Oh, no. What's the splat? Splat is no good. So it's 56% no good. Why the hell is it on this list then? Well, I think I, I think it like it's still 56% is like it is what it is, but it hasn't hit like tomato yet. So it's still it's got like a 50-50 basically. Okay. Number 14 is Hansel and Gretel from 2007. It's got a 75% on oh, here. I don't know that one. Yeah, uh, uh, let's see. Oh boy, uh, ghoulish genre bending Asian horror boasts impressive production design, but an unsatisfactory dunyament. The hell's a dunyament? <laughs> dunyament. How do you spell that? D e n o u e m e n t. Denouement. Denouement. What's that? I don't know. I'll look it up. Un Su so gets lost in the forest and is led to a house whose inhabitants never age. Oh, my God. So this is basically the South Korean version of Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd watch that, I bet. Number 13 is The Wrath. Uh, from 2018, a tragedy befalls a family and leads to the Heard discovery. Movie, I haven't seen it. Uh, uh, to the discovery that a spirit haunts their home. Okay. Well, you know. Uh, number 12, The Quiet Family from 1998. Uh, wait a minute. Dude, do me a favor. Uh, reach over here real quick and tell me what that looks like to you. What that cover looks like. Doesn't that look like the Adams Family? Is that it? The whole cover. Absolutely, yeah. All right, hold on. I got to dive into this one a little bit more here. Hold on. Um, it totes does. It says, Mrs. Kang, um, her husband, Taegu, and their three adolescent children decide to escape the hustle and bustle of Seoul, South Korea, and open up their own lodge in the countryside. Oh. Their plans for peace and quiet, however, quickly go awry as their first guest commits suicide. <laughs> Worried about the bad publicity that death might bring, they bury the body and pretend nothing happened. But oddly, each successive guest commits suicide and the Kangs continue to hide the corpses. <laughs> what? That sounds amazing. That actually sounds awesome. All right, so that's uh, The Quiet Family. From nine, uh, it's got 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I, want, I want to see that now. Yeah, that sounds like it could be pretty good. Yeah, number 11 is I Saw the Devil from 2010. I've seen this movie. You have seen it? Yes. 81% on here? 81% fresh. I saw it on, it was on Netflix. Okay. Never flinching during its uh, descent into into depravity, I Saw the Devil is a pulverizing thriller that will give bloody satisfaction to audiences who like their revenge served with fiery rage. Ooh. Ooh, did you like it? Uh, Yeah, what I remember of it, it was pretty solid. Yeah? I if it's the one I'm thinking of, it was it was pretty solid, yeah. Number uh, 10 on our list is Thirst from 2009. Not familiar with that one. The stylish Thirst packs plenty of bloody thrills to satisfy fans of both vampire films and director Chan Wook Park. Okay. Okay, uh, 80% fresh. Okay, well, that's good. That's yes, good, 80% yeah. fresh. Fresh. Number nine, Three Extremes from 2005. Not seen. 84%. This anthology contains brutal, powerful horror stories by three of Asia's top directors. Oh, very nice. That sounds cool. Yeah. That'd be pretty good. Number eight, 
A Tale of Two Sisters from 2003. I've heard of this one. I haven't seen it though. Restrained but disturbing, A Tale of Two Sisters is a creepily effective, if at times confusing, horror movie. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. <laughs> Makes me kind of want to watch a hell it. of a description. Yeah. Number seven is, uh, it looks like Number Alive or Pound Alive, like hashtag alive. Yeah. Maybe it's hashtag alive hashtag from alive. 2020. That's a pound, by the way, folks. Yeah, it's not a hashtag. It's a pound yes. sign. Yes. Which that whole joke about the Me Too movement where it says, Pound Me Too. Pound Me Too. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so horrible. Uh, so this is number seven, 88% on here. Now, what's the difference t- between a regular tomato and then a tomato like with the ribbon and the yellow behind it? I think that means that it's, I, I really don't know, it's but just, I assume that means it's like, boom, yeah, fuck yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah. this one says, well acted, genuinely unsettling, and occasionally even funny. Hashtag alive proves the crowded zombie genre still has fresh stories to tell. All right. Okay. I love a good zombie movie. Uh, number six, Save the Green Planet from 2003. Oh. 90% fresh. A oh. funny and wildly inventive hybrid of various genres. Save the Green Planet is definitely a unique viewing experience. Okay. okay. Ooh, this one. You, uh, Lee Byung-gu is convinced that there are aliens from Andromeda among us plotting to destroy nice. Earth. Yeah, that's right up your alley, dude. Uh, number that's, five. That one? That's that Save the Green Earth? Say what? Is that, that Save the Green Earth? Is that Save one? the Green Planet. Planet. Yeah. That's the one with the aliens? Yeah. All right, cool. Number five. Yeah. Gunjim Haunted Asylum. Oh! Oh, look hey. at that. Yeah. From 2018, obviously, <laughs> this is the last one we talked about today over in South Korea. Um, This is a 91% fresh. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the crew of a, of a horror web series travels to an abandoned asylum for a live broadcast. It soon encounters much more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Hey. Well, the more is the click button oh. <laughs> to read more, but it's made sense to say it there. <laughs> Number four is The Host from 2006. I've seen this one. Okay. It's like a big creature feature kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah. As populous, pleasing as it is, and intellectually satisfying, The Host combines scares, laughs, and satire into a riveting monster movie. 93% fresh. Uh, just so you know, it's not denouement. It's pronounced... A denouement. Ooh, denouement. Denouement. Oh, oh, it's a denouement. It is the final part of a play, movie, or narrative in which the strands of the plot are drawn together. Matters are explained or resolved. So you mean the end? Yeah. <laughs> the final act, if you will. And leave it to the French to make some big-ass word out of it. Denouement. Denouement. I will... We are about to be at the denouement of the show. It is where everything comes together right. in a nice big package and you get to understand what happened. Right. The so end. The, uh, or the, climax. The end of the movie. Right. The climax. Yes, yeah. the denouement. Yeah, the climax. Honey, I'm about to denouement. <laughs> it's my favorite part. <laughs> it's very good. Number three, Train to Busan. I haven't seen this yet, but I really want I've, to. Uh, I've seen parts of it. I haven't been able to, not because it's bad, but I just haven't been able to sit through the whole thing yet. Just time constraints. Right. Same. But well, uh, I haven't even I've had heard, a chance to watch it. From what I've seen, it's great. The parts that I've seen, yeah. and I've heard not one bad thing about this movie. Uh, and there's a new one that just came out recently by the same director. Uh, what's his name? Yan Sang Ho. And it's supposed to be from like the same style of that. Almost okay. like a, almost like a, uh, what you, a sequel. Okay. From what I heard. And it might be on here. I Was it called it. Plane to Busan? <laughs> no, it's called something <laughs> totally different. So uh, this one here, number three, it's 94% phrase. Phrase. Train to Busan delivers a, is it Busan? Busan. I think it's Busan. Busan. Delivers a thrillingly unique and purely entertaining take on the zombie genre with fully realized characters and plenty of social commentary to underscore the burst of skillfully staged action. 
And everyone says it's great. I've, yeah, I've heard not one bad thing about that. But movie. I made the mistake of watching, um, what's his name? That the the director that did like a Cabin in the Woods and stuff, uh, Eli Roth. Yeah. I made the mistake of watching his show um, uh, that he has uh, all about, about the horror stuff, horror movies yeah, and stuff like that. About, yeah. And so it totally spoiled it for me and told me the end of it. And uh -oh. I'm like, look, now I know what happens. Yeah. But I still want to watch it. Uh, number two, The Wailing from 2016. 99% fresh. The whaling? Yes. Is it about a whaling ship and they go out and kill whales? No, it's W A I L I N G. Whaling. Yeah. Like they screaming. Kill whales. Like, ah. No, that's W H A L. That's whaling. <laughs> okay. Whaling. My bad. Yes. My bad. The whaling delivers an atmosphere cleverly constructed mystery whose oh. supernatural thrills more than justify its imposing length. <laughs> How long is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Should I look and see how long? Tell you how long it is. That you can't just say that. Yeah, not tell right. you how long. Hold it on, is. let me look. Uh, let's see. It is. Uh, oh shit! Two hours and thirty six minutes. It's pretty long. I mean, it's not a Marvel movie. I mean, for a horror movie, that's yeah, pretty. Yeah. It's pretty long. It better enter. It better entertain. Well, ninety nine percent. You know. Ooh, most popular right now. Uh streaming movies. Yeah. Oh, this is cool. They put this up here. The Batman. Mm -hmm. That's streaming already. Apparently. Oh, I gotta watch that then. See you then. Girls can't surf. Bloody oranges. Vinyl nation. White hot. They all sound terrible. Yep. And in theaters, I want to look at this. The, the northern, the unbearable weight of mass. Oh, that's that new of uh, mass talent. That's the new Nick Cage one where he plays himself. Oh right, right, right. Dude, everyone's raving about it. What's the first one? The Northman is that the that Northman? North? Yeah, yeah, it's a biking one. I okay. One. The, uh, the the unbearable weight of mass talent with Nick Cage or whatever has ninety yeah. five percent. No shit. Yeah. Wow. The bad guys. The Duke. Petite Haman. Never heard of it. And what, just a bunch of other fucking movies. Anywho. Yeah. All right. Numero one. Numero uno. Is Soul Station. Sounds funky. Like Soul Korea. Sounds Soul funky, Soul Station, yeah. Welcome to the Soul Station. Starring George Clinton. <laughs> yeah. It's the Soul Station. And uh, fucking, what's his name? James Brown. Yeah. <laughs> all right so this one is 100 percent. all right that's awesome that's our first one man. Yeah. one guy voted on it thrilling and relentless from start to finish yeah all ying sang ho same guy that I was talking about before that did oh. uh train to busan but this is, is this the one you're talking about no because it's 2016 as uh. well i don't know uh it says uh soul station is a layered and vicious entry into the zombie genre oh i just wonder if this is the first one and then hold on i gotta look into this now jesus Ah! <laughs> Calm your shit. Oh, it's uh, animated. Oh, very nice. So it's a uh, it's a uh, Japanimation. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> what? Every time I hear someone say like Japanimation, I instantly go to Super Troopers with the fucking Johnny Chimpo. He's like, it's funny. It's Afghanistan animation. <laughs> you want to hear something crazy about this though? So Soul Station has one hundred percent on the tomato on tomato meter, right? Thirty seven percent on audience. The audience scores really? 37%. Yeah. So the critics love it. Yeah. But the audiences say, fuck you. Oh, so now I want to look at on that train to Busan and see what they say about that one. Sorry, folks. Yeah, I'm, he, I'm pretty sure that one's loved up by everybody, though. Oh, yeah. 94 tomato meter and a uh, audience score of over 10,000 ratings, 89%. God, I got to watch that. That's it. I, I got to make some time to watch that. Sure. I'm mad about watching that documentary. It really is very unsettling, that whole, uh, uh, which is Jimmy Savile that I talked about in the bonus. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so, so disturbing. That guy can suck a big bag of farts. 
Anyway, that's the show for today. He probably did, or at least wanted to. (laughs) He's so gross. Ugh. So anyway, that's the show. We hope you enjoyed us going and talking about these asylums. It was pretty awesome. And of course, you know, we'd like to do the creepy stuff, and then we'll come back and we'll do something a little unnerving as far as true crime goes. I know uh, Moody's actually talking about something he's going to do some research on and see if he can find it. I really hope for your guys' sake that it pans out. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. If I can find enough to make an episode on it, it's going to be one. Yeah. If not, you'll get a bonus because it's got to be talked about. Awesome. Well, I want to know if you guys have seen those movies. I want to know if you've been, because I know we have listeners all over the world, if you've been to any of the asylums we've discussed. Yes. um, If you know of anyone that's been there. Yes. You know, like, let us know. Do you know anyone who was admitted to any of them? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) It's kind of... Kind of a long time ago, but I guess you could like family no, members one, and stuff. The one closed in like '95. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The one in Australia. Yeah. Well, let us know. Let us know if you guys have even you know know about these places or whatever. Get on the socials and tell us all Social about it. Needs. That's right. Make sure to stop over to our official website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com. At our website, you can buy some super sweet, super sweet merchandise at our store, where you can find all kinds of cool stuff. There's more stuff coming. I'm telling you, I've got ideas. I've got mocks already coming yeah. up, like the shit sandwich <laughs> that's coming. I'm also working on shirts for Icons and Outlaws, and you're going to absolutely love the idea I have for that, by yeah. the way. Yeah, everyone right. will once those drop. Get, get over there and support the show and get yourself some stuff. Get some shirts. Get some phone cases. Can you give me a, just a special, just for me, 100% off coupon? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, listen. Also, while you're there, get over and support our sponsors. All right. Dr. Squatch is over there, and they make amazing soaps. And, by the way, they actually have new, they sent over some new offers. That I'm going to dive into and maybe uh, throw out here. But for right now, you can still okay. get 20% off your first subscription. Just head on over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com, click on sponsors, click on the banner, and get yourself some soap because the soap is good. Stop smelling like shit. Yes, because it's good. <laughs> yes. I actually opened up a new one this week. And Ooh. what was it? It's like, not, is it whiskey? Oh, very okay. It's like whiskey and All something right. else. And man, I, uh, it's awesome. I'm using uh, it's it's eucalyptus Greek yogurt. Oh, very nice. Ooh, wait, wait a minute. Maybe that's the one I opened up. It's very nice. Are we showering together? Is that what's happening? Maybe. All right. I, they sent me, uh, I don't remember clicking this one as part of my thing, but uh, it smells great. I can't wait to use it. It's grapefruit IPA. Yeah, I have that one. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, I've used that one before. Okay. It's pretty awesome. The only thing I don't like about that one is it doesn't have the scrubbies in it. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's all right. It's still good, though. It yeah. is. Yeah. It smells good. Also, while you're there and you're checking out our sponsors, remember, we have quite a few over there. There's BarkBox for all you dog lovers that hey. have your dogs. Get yourself some some swag. Get a free month of BarkBox over there. Nice. And Manscaped. Let's yep. not forget about Manscaped. Love it. You can get 20, uh, 20% off yep. plus free shipping yep. by using the code ACCIDENTAL Worth over it. at manscaped.com. Get yourself, hey, Father's Day's coming up. Yeah, it's great. You know, Father's Day's coming weird up. weird like that. Yeah. Well, I don't mean get it for your dad. <laughs> you know, ladies, get it for your hubby who happens to be a daddy. That would be perfect. Yeah, it's a perfect they, gift. They'd love it, dude. You can save then some Then they don't have to use your money. trimmers to trim their bolts. Yeah. Or your razor anymore. Your ra- you don't have to use your razor. To your razor for your legs gets dull, doesn't it? It's because he's using it to trim up the boys. Yeah. yeah. Do you really want nutsack hair? Right. In your leg hair? Nobody uh, wants shaver? that. Nobody nah. wants that. Nah, so do, do yourself a favor. You're doing yourself a favor at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Also, make sure you're heading on over to the uh, Midnight Train Podcast. Click on the Patreon button and do us a favor. Help the show. Give us your hard-earned money, and we will give you our hard-earned bonuses. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. And our undying love and support. And, yeah, and we'll you know mention your name like I'm going to do here in a minute. You get all kinds of cool stuff, too. Custom shirts, uh, posters for higher levels and stuff like that. But, uh, you, you know, you get free stickers, and uh, you get um, money off of merchandise and stuff. Yep. So uh, I'm going to end Always up... Always doing fun stuff. Yeah, I'm going to throw that up here soon, too, for our poopers. Oh, don't throw up, dude. 
no, throw that up, not throw up. Anyway, anyway, we want to thank you guys so much for, uh, you know, for everything you do. Do not forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify. Rate us on Spotify. It really, really helps. All right. It does help. It does help. Honestly, we can't thank you guys for everything you do, for all the listens. Keep sharing it. Tell everybody. That's the best way to keep doing this. It's true. And, you know, especially for people who are like, you know what? I don't want to commit to $5 a month for bonuses. Yeah, that's okay. And I we mean, get it. We get Especially now, you know. Yeah. But just remember this. There's no inflation with ours. Uh, you know, $5 a month is $5 a month. It's, it's five not bucks. going up. It's it, not going up. And it's going to stay 5 bucks forever. Everything else is going up. You know what's not going up? Our Patreon. That's right. And and you're actually getting double the bonuses now because of the Icons and Outlaws bonuses. So if anything, we're losing money on the deal. Oh, for sure we are. <laughs> <laughs> At least I am. And sleep. I'm losing money and sleep. Yes, yes, for sure. But it's fine because I love this and I love that you guys love it. So that's all that matters. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And a very, very special thank you to our fearless executive producer, Patreon Poopers. <laughs> to Joseph Aramo. That seemed abnormally loud this time. It was very yeah. loud. <laughs> Sorry, guys, if I blew your ears up with that. <laughs> to Joseph Aramo, Margaret Dempsey, Kelly Ryan, Corey Kukowski, Nathan Deakman, Hank Sanchez, St- Stacey Laconan, Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin McKinney, Trent Scott, Spencer Dunlap, Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Albert Lopez, Miles Campbell, Brian Gunsman, Bar- Margaret Atkins, damn it, Margaret, Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Escobar, Mac Doherty, Turner Cox, Sydney Sayer, Gina Madison, Janet Sherrill, Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Fun Box Podcast. Make sure you guys are checking Rob out because he's awesome over there. Good Plus, people. Christina people Skelton Rob. and Jessica Bartolome from the Sister Skelton Podcast. Who didn't have an episode this week because of Easter? Look at me. I'm taking time off. Oh, there's a holiday. I guess we'll have to take the week off. I'd rather have some ham. <laughs> Ah, we're kidding. We love those ladies. <laughs> to Maria Gibbs, to Chainsaw. What the fuck? Jigsaw, Rick Resler, Courtney Bachelor, Katie Brabinick, and of course, our boy, Bill Birch. Oh, good for you. <laughs> So, so good. <laughs> so spread the word and if you want your name to be mentioned on the show and for me to screw up your name probably more than I actually do it right. Uh, you know what? Just become a Patreon producer. Support the show. You know what? Let's be honest. You screw up more than you do right all the time. This is very true. It's very true, but I think that's the appeal, <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> please, please take it as, as naivete. I try. I really try. <laughs> they like me. <laughs> they really like me. <laughs> or not. <laughs> Stay safe out there, passengers. And until next week, choo-choo, motherfuckers. Now go home and get your fucking shine box.